This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 62 for the week of January 28th, 2007. Welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daisenshu EX. We cover anything and... Anything. Everything. Everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and just a tad bit of entertaining. Oh boy. What's everyone up to on this fine Saturday morning? I'm sipping oh, slowly at my coffee. Yes. Hanging out. Hanging drinking water. Water. Yep. Ah. Uh, so I am Mike Labrie. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. And off yonder in the fine state of New York, we have Mr. Julian. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning indeed. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. I'm surviving the grind period for all the musical rehearsals. Ah, fun stuff. Yep, yep. I'm not doing good. Good deal. And uh, over here to my less than proverbial right, this is the Mary. What's up, y'all? The M E R I. That's right. The Mary. Not the M A R Y. Not the M E R I. Oh wait, that is how you spell my name. Not that. Not, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I read it somewhere as M E R I I. So I it's re- not that my, either. I read my name somewhere. <laughs> I was confused. I think I just need to start going by Meredith from now on. Yes. Not the M E R R Y. Right. Right. Although I'm sure you've heard that joke. And- Time and time and time. Well, she made I a have. she it made a website good. on that pun. Yeah, Harry's funny. I'm hilarious. You're Going pretty funny chick. One piece. Yeah. But you are doing fine. Yeah, relatively. You are indulging in the Dunkin' Donuts coffee with me this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good stuff. It's the wrong coffee. Yes, it was supposed to be French vanilla, but the people at the drive-thru apparently could not comprehend this. But it's okay, because they give us bigger coffees than what we ordered, so... I For guess, the same price, I assume. I guess it equals out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's Saturday morning. We gotta get our asses in gear. We've actually already recorded the topic for the episode last night, and that's gonna be our Jump Ultimate Stars review. So look forward to that a little bit into the episode. So, here this morning with Julian and Mary, we're going to record everything else. Woo! We have news, we have releases, and we have some emails. We got lots of stuff to hit up. But I think before we actually get into all of that stuff, there's some stuff, shall we say, to discuss. Oh, yes. It looks like the Funimation remaster box sets are starting to trickle out a little bit. And it's like way before it is when they were supposed to come out. <laughs> supposed so, to come out yeah. on the 8th, I think? I think it just simply proves that these things, or at least the Vegeta set, has been finished for quite some time. Oh, yeah. It's been on for a while. Oh, wait, but didn't they change the episode count on the discs? Yeah. Huh. Well, that seems like something kind of last minute then. So, so no, they're not I'm not putting, sure what to think. Not putting the effort into it is what we're saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you can check out our forum. We have a couple threads. God of Chaos, who actually hosts our podcast, uh, was one of the people who got this set early. Lots of comparison screenshots, lots of discussion going on. I think in the span of about 20 minutes, it hit about nine pages or something fucking crazy like that. So uh, lots of stuff to check out. And actually, um, stemming off of that, I was very shocked and enthralled to hear this. I was listening to the latest episode of Anime World Order, and uh, they actually brought up the remastered stuff, which is pretty interesting. And they gave us a little plug. Yay. I love hearing nice things about us. It was quite shocking when you showed me after I got back from work, and I was like, holy crap, that is so cool. So uh, if you want another perspective, I I guess I would call it a non-Dragon Ball fan's perspective on the news, which is pretty much, wait a minute, that show's not widescreen. 
That's what the fuck? So even people that aren't in the know about the show itself know know a four by three show when they see one, <laughs> and know that it's not supposed to be widescreen quite right. clearly. So go check them on out. Uh, good podcast over there. Lots of good things to say, and it was uh, definitely interesting hearing some other perspective on the news and pretty much complete agreement with the rest of the fan base mm-hmm. being what the fuck. Yeah. I mean, I'm still curious about the clarity of the video itself and the coloration, but I guess we'll find that out when we get it. Mm. Oh, yeah, I guess that should be said. I mean, obviously, we're getting it in this household. (laughs) Right. If only for research sake and the sake of this show for you guys. Can I write it off on my taxes like a business expense? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I guess I would have to be making money off of this in the first place for it to be a business, but uh, it ain't. Well, that's pretty much all the stuff we get, so let us move on into the true news. Well, it looks like I was wrong. (gasps) I made a prediction last week that Atari would be bringing over Harukanaru Goku Densetsu as something resembling... Legacy of Goku, because I thought okay. that would be a perfect translation of the game. I thought that sounded great. It would make sense. Kind of like when they bring over um, the Sparking games and slap the Budokai title on them, kind of make people think it's part of something. I thought they would do it. They proved me wrong. They pulled another bullshit move that makes absolutely no sense. Oh, dear. And that's that they dropped, as I said on the website, the single word in the title that your typical American fan actually knows being the name of the main character. They took that out of the title. Instead, they kept some excruciatingly... (laughs) I gotta start over. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that makes sense. (laughs) Some excruciatingly blood-bullating long Japanese words. Which I always get wrong, and I know what they are. If if you've had at least a little bit of exposure to the Japanese language, you've probably heard the word dense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just talking about the average fan. Especially in Dragon Ball. They're gonna see these words and be like, what the fuck? To know the word Haruka... And to know that Naru is essentially an old-style form of the particle na, um, in terms of being an adjective connected to a noun, maybe not. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it, it's excruciatingly, as you would say, Mary, quite funny. And it, it's like people have a hard enough time pronouncing Tenkei Budokai, which is a phrase from the show. Your average right. 12-year-old kid <laughs> isn't going to be able to be like, Mommy, Mommy, buy me! Harry, Danny, Bobby, Boo. Wait, to just stand at an ED (laughs) and wait for someone. I just want to plop myself there for the day and just listen to people come in and try and buy the game. And I'm, (laughs) I'm sure they're just gonna come in and be like, "Can I get the, um, yeah, that new Dragon Ball DS game?" (laughs) (laughs) Probably. That's a safe bet. So uh, what this comes down to is Atari finally sent out a press release concerning both of the upcoming uh, handheld games, that being what they're calling Harukanaru Densetsu for the uh, DS, which is Harukanaru Goku Densetsu on the original Japanese DS. And then we've got Shinbudokai Another Road, which is Shinbudokai 2, as it's being called in Japan. That's the Budokai 3 engine um, fighting game on the PSP. This one... um (laughs) <laughs> would almost be something that would make me want to buy a PSP. It's almost. Cool. Almost. Well, we'll get to that. Actually, that one's first on the list here. Um, Shinbudokai Another Road, sequel to Shinbudokai. <laughs> they said one of the best-selling PSP system games launched in 2006. I guess it doesn't take much to be a best-selling PSP game. <laughs> oh, zing! <sighs> Psst, I'm on a roll oh. here. <laughs> uh, no, what else we going on here? We got lots of characters. I disagree. <laughs> the power to play is heroes and villains. Wow. wow. 
That Ooh. sounds like a new and exciting <laughs> feature. But here's the interesting thing here. Shin Budokai and Another Road will send players into a completely new story arc following the future world of Trunks on his adventures against rival Majin Buu. Mary, what? just take it away. Go for it. You know what? That is so absurd. I simply must know more. I mean, I find the, the concept of continuing the, strun- the, the Trunks story arc exciting in and of itself, but including Boo? That, that's like completely random. Sure. How do you get up to that point? Right. Because I always assumed, you know, due to the events in the present, due to what Trunks and everyone did, mm-hmm. um, you know what? That made no sense. <laughs> I, I mean, well, it, it, all right. I think where you're going is in, 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 in Trunks' timeline, timeline, there'd be absolutely no way for Boo, Boo to be resurrected. Because there'd be no not energy. enough people. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you can use fan theory to think, well, if this happened, this happened. Okay. Well, exactly. They're well, writing a new story, so they might as well write some things into it that can allow that to happen. Right. Maybe after the Jinzo Ningen disappeared, people started getting at it, you know, getting busy. That pretty soon, pretty soon the world was repopulated overnight. That's true, but you have By to imagine babies have... who were accelerated to adulthood through one of Bulma's machines. Oh, jeez, I don't know. Well, the whole thing is that most of the power came from Goku versus Majin Vegeta. That's true too. So I don't know what's going on there, but that sounds pretty cool. We always love the new what if storylines, especially when they originate in Japan, and uh, we look forward to seeing what's going on with here. And I think. Next PSP, either price drop or the new model, I may finally get one just to pick up some of these old games. Not that this is an old game. I still don't think it's worth it just yet. Mary, I have to get another version of Street Fighter Alpha 3. (laughs) Yeah, because like 6 isn't enough for you. (laughs) If there's a version I don't own, I have to get it, which means I need to purchase the system in order to get it. And then I can finally buy the arcade machine. I just want to (laughs) play a game with trunks in it. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the DS one. Uh... An all-new experience unlike any other for the Nintendo DS, except it's an experience just like all the Famicom, Super Famicom stuff that you've never played. I'm going to say, isn't it just a card-based battle thing? (laughs) Right. Uh, Here's the quote here. Newcomers and faithful fans of DBC will be thrilled with these two new handheld games. So they don't really say a whole lot about the TS one here. They just kind of say it's coming out. Both games represent the innovation and evolution that characterize the DBC experience and maintain the Dragon Ball Z reputation as one of the best anime and cartoon-based series of all time. Well, you're not saying much about the games there, so... Uh, (laughs) They must not know much about it either. (laughs) That's true. They probably don't know anything. Like, oh, there's cards involved. Uh, Make it work. Well, this kind of leads into the uh, last bit of news for the game stuff. Well, at least, uh, that's not true. But let's say it anyways. So, when's this game coming out in the U.S.? We previously reported that uh, GameStop and EV Systems were saying February 8th, 2007 it's is like coming out. It's like a week and a half away? Yeah, really two? soon. Well, that's all changed. Their systems are now saying May 1st, 2007. I guess they finally realized that maybe they have to translate a game that's probably <laughs> heavily text-based. <laughs> I know, it's not a fighting game. It's not as easy as uh, you think it is. Probably lots of text there. Uh, Atari's press release didn't give any specific dates for any of these, so that's a little disconcerting that they don't know yet. They're saying spring for both of them. Oh, actually, they're saying March 2007 for the PSP one, but I think we already knew that. We have a date on that. But spring for the DS one. We're going to say May 1st. And we're going to wrap up the news with one last bit of video game news. And this is a Japanese commercial for Sparking Neo on the Wii. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's about time that someone made this joke, and that's... We got a power, except we is spelled W-I-I. That is fantastic. Ooh. And I'm shocked the Japanese made that joke. Right, it's it's bad enough that they never know the English jokes they're making exactly. anyways. Exactly, so I was shocked to see like a, an appropriate pun using like <laughs> an English word and the name of the system, so that was that was great. It was. It's a pretty cool commercial. It's over on Z YouTube, and I guess we'll throw up a link to that. 
And that's going to wrap up the news. It's all game-related, but that perfectly segues over into the topic. And since we already recorded the topic, I guess I'm going to introduce it. This episode, uh, we reviewed Jump Ultimate Stars, which is a DS game that came out in Japan, combining all the different series from the Jump universes. And we recorded this last night with Caster Troy, who longtime podcast fans will remember from way early on the show, and Dragon Ball fans will remember from way the hell back in the day with Vegeta Insane and Ginga Giddy Giddy. And uh, kind of like us, Caster's moved on to music videos and stuff, and we'll uh, give him a little plug at the end there. So please Ooh. enjoy our review of Jump Ultimate Stars for the Nintendo DS. So here we are. It's been a long time since the game came out, but I think it's about time we review this little do-diddly of a game, and that game is indeed... Jump Ultimate Stars for the Japanese Nintendo DS. And hang with us to talk about it. We have not heard from you in a long-ass time on the show. Mr. Caster Troy, what going on? Hey, guys. What's happening? Not too much. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's been a long time since I've been on the podcast, so I'm excited to be on it again. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've been playing the game for a while now, too? Yeah. Yeah. I got it when it was new. Yeah. How long has it been since you've actually actively played it at this point? Uh, I think it's been a month since I've actually beaten the game, but yeah. I haven't unlocked all the characters, so I haven't <laughs> played it since. I'm with you there. I I beat it, and I unlocked a couple more people, and I'm like, uh, it's time to play Final Fantasy III now. Yes, <laughs> and Phoenix Wright. Yes, and Phoenix Wright. <laughs> There'll be random objections during the middle of the episode, I think. Julian. Yeah. You don't have the new one yet. No, I got superstars. How far did you get into that one? Not very far um, at all, did you? A, a little ways. You gave me that guide, but I've been pretty busy since then. So. Oh, that's right. I forgot again. Actually, you. that game, I unlocked everybody like maybe two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Actually, I never did get Vegito in that game. Vegito, you have to unlock like 600 and I know. something. <laughs> com- <so>. I know. <laughs> I think that was the only thing left. But yeah. we're, we're talking about the new one, Jump Ultimate Stars, which came out earlier this year. And for those who don't know, these jump games on the DS... They're pretty much, well, Smash Brothers games, except they're with characters from the various jumpy universes. Now, uh, there's the cover of this game is a great spiral of people from all sorts of different series, all the way from Kinikuman to, what else we have here, Fist of the North Star, and then all the recent stuff like Death Note. I guess oh, Shaman yes. King isn't really recent anymore, but D. Greyman, Busorenkin, uh, and of course Dragon Ball, Bleach, Naruto, One Piece... All of these mm-hmm. different series all thrown together in one gigantic orgy of a game. <laughs> and it's pretty awesome. So we're going to do our little review of this game. Now that it's been a while since we've had it, we've played it, we've unlocked a lot of stuff. Now on uh, Game Reviews on Daizenshu EX, we typically go through a couple different categories. We go through the uh, the graphics and the presentation, talk about the audio, talk about the gameplay, which is usually the most important part of the game, and then the other all the other fun stuff. But I guess we should talk about how the game actually works first. I mentioned it was like Smash Brothers. Uh, I'm assuming the majority of our audience has played a Smash Brothers game before. Those are the ones mm-hmm. on uh, GameCube yeah. and uh, originally N64, where it's all the characters from different Nintendo universes thrown together. And it's kind of a non-traditional fighting game where you hop around and s- literally smash each other. You're trying to knock them off the screen. And this is very similar to that, um, that you smash each other off of the kind of manga panels. There's a whole bunch of modes in this game. There's... Uh, 
the story mode is called J-Universe this time, which is kind of neat that they split it up into the different universes. And then you also have all your typical, you know, your battle modes, uh, your single player, your multiplayer. New to this one is Wi-Fi was not in the first game. You can do... Oh, yes. Um, yeah. huh. Play people over the internet. Yeah, mostly um, Japanese people. And I have mm-hmm. a great story about that from this very evening that I kind of want to wrap up the review with. So let's make sure we get to that later on. Right. And uh, new to this is also the J-Quiz, which is fun when you can't read Japanese. <laughs> uh, I could probably do better, but only for the series I know, so maybe I'm not that great at it anyway. I got one right. <laughs> you know what I usually do is I just hit the same one over and over. I just use, like, why. And, you know, you figure you press the same one, you got 25% chance. Usually you do better than that. But all the other modes in the game, um, Deckmaker. We should talk about how it actually works. Julian, what is Koma? Koma is the Japanese word for a panel in such things as comics. So, for example, you have Yonkoma comics, which are four-panel strips, much like your newspaper strips here in the States. Right. So the way that this works is you have a screen. Is it four by five, I think? Mm, Something like that. And it's divided up into these little squares, and you assign characters to those squares. And you have three different types of characters. You have your uh, help characters, your support characters, and your actual fighting characters. The help characters are all one coma. Is that correct? Yes. And then you have your support characters, which can be two or three coma. And those are the characters that will actually come on the screen and do something, whether it be hit your opponent or do something crazy to them, like make them dizzy or whatever the hell they do. And then four and up, it goes up to eight in this game. I think eight is the max, unless there's some crazy-ass hidden nine one that I'm missing. Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) Ecoman, that's new to this one. Um, they've bumped up the numbers here. Those will be your fighting characters. Those are the ones you actually play as and attack your opponents with. So you kind of make a little puzzle with all the different characters. You fit them all together. You're trying to maximize your space. And what's nice about the coma is that if you put one character next to another character, they may have some type of relationship. Maybe it'll boost their stats. And um, a lot of missions will actually force you to do that where they say, you know, um, win with a deck that has five support characters. And it goes all the way up to, I think one was 14 help characters, something crazy like that, which in effect gives you only a single character to fight as, a single crappy character. So there's all those kind of different things you have to keep in mind when you're making your decks. You can make multiple decks. I think in the first game you could have a maximum of 20, and in this one I read 50, but I haven't made that many, so I actually don't know how high it goes up. But it's a lot more space. So, you know, you can have your One Piece deck, your Naruto deck, your Dragon Ball deck. Uh, I even made something, I think I called it the uh, Fall 2006 TV season deck, which <laughs> consisted of, like, Death Note and Busorenkin mm. and D. Gray Man, I think it was. So you can have all these different fun things you put together. Let's just talk about um, the graphics and the presentation. Obviously, this is manga-based because it would be tough enough in Japan to get all of the anime versions together. Imagine in the U.S., but, you know, in Japan, the uh, Jump stuff is all collectively under one company, pretty much. So they can just throw all this stuff together. So everything is manga-based in the game. There is no TV series music. There are no voices for the characters. So how, how do you feel about this, Caster? Well, I tend to watch more anime than actually read the manga. So, mm-hmm. it, But it doesn't really bug me that much, you know, since... You know, I'm just playing a game, so I'm not really caring too much if, you know, the voices are the music when the show is on, so. 
Right. Since it's based on the manga, at least all the character designs are pretty consistent beginning to end. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they, they all fit together. What's interesting is that even though they're from these different decades... Uh, essentially, with a lot of these different things. Everything just meshes together so nicely. What other stuff about the presentation is there? Well, it has a really nice manual. <laughs> <laughs> it does, like, actually. Let me bust like it out Much here bigger too. than the original's manual. <laughs> See, there's obviously a lot more characters. Right. Maybe five times as much as the original. It's or, a ridiculous amount. And yeah. I barely unlocked 200 of them. <laughs> the most. Let's talk about um, things like the opening movies for each of the stages and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, things I don't know about. <laughs> when when you start a new stage, um, like we were saying, the J-Universe, all the different levels are based on their own individual series. Um, it'll kind of do this scroll up over the two screens with yeah. uh, very prominent, I guess, scenes or panels from the manga. And uh, it plays a little, I don't even know what you want to call it, a little uh, jingle along with that. Okay. <laughs> Something we should mention, uh, it's actually not Dragon Ball related, it's Naruto related. It's uh, post quote unquote time skip. This is very caught up with the series in Japan. I think I mentioned a while back uh, that I un- unlocked Frankie from One Piece. I actually am not caught up on Naruto, so I don't know um, all the circumstances of everything, but you know they're in their new outfits, and Sasuke's yeah. looking like Orochimaru, and Sakura's got mm. a little like cut-off top there. Yeah, this is pretty much like two years right after the end of um, the first part of the Naruto manga. Uh, you know, after Sasuke... You know, like goes to Orochimaru for more power. Then you know, uh, two years later, Naruto trains with Jiraiya. Then you know, they're all in their new suits and everything. Gotcha. Oh, uh, what a shame! Isn't it every fan's dream that the filler that was in the anime was in the manga too? I know. <laughs> don't don't you want to play the? I can't even come up with an awful episode that I would want to play. Stupid little kid that Naruto sh- just you know goes to help. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to play that kid? Of course you would. That stuff ain't in here. It's all the caught up manga stuff. Let's talk about the animation. It's uh, very smooth. Now, uh, Nintendo systems are, I, I guess we should say the DS at least. You know, it has its 3D capabilities, but it's also a very, very adept 2D system as well. Um, I think of games like Super Princess Peach, which was just gorgeous. And yeah. this game is extremely fluid with all the character animations, probably even more so than the previous game. Uh, your character's animations as they run and jump around, uh, it's really detailed. Uh, for example, Luffy, he runs around, and when he jumps up in the air, he puts his hand on top of his head to hold his hat in place, and then when he lands, he kind of squats. It's just extremely detailed for this kind of game, and uh, it just all flows so beautifully together as everyone's running around. Of course, that brings in... You know, it's so detailed and there's so much going on. I, I guess this ties in with the presentation because it affects how you view the game. That's probably the biggest fault of the game is that there's lag. And yeah, I'm not talking about lag in a Wi-Fi battle. I'm talking about single player, you're doing the mission. Why is this game moving at two frames a second? I have no idea because they probably just try to cram so much crap right you know, into the gameplay. And, and it kind of bugs me a lot, really. <laughs> It's almost unbearable on a couple stages. I remember just sitting there going, I can't do this. This is just too obnoxious. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm probably never going to unlock all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think a lot of it has to do with the characters you choose and the stages you're on. The stages are a lot more interactive in this game. For example, the One Piece stages have cannons and uh, guns shooting all over the place. And then some of your characters' super moves are just absolutely insane. And when there's all this stuff going on at once, it just kind of chokes. And it's a pain in the ass. And there's some really annoying features that they added in the game, too. You know, like kind of like when you're jumping up to a high ledge, but then you, your character crouches down on purpose, you know, and and it kind of takes a long time for him to get up. But <laughs> it's just really annoying because that was not in the original game. <laughs> but you can, you know, get around it by pressing down, like, exactly once you jump on a ledge. But, you know, most of the time you're not going to press it down because you're kind of, you know, engrossed in the fight already. So. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. If you pay attention to what you're doing, and figure out how you want to work around it, you can do it. But then that just takes you out of the game and you're like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I trying to fight the game when I should be, you know, fighting my opponents here? Yeah, like you just want to jump and you'll kill your opponent, but it takes you so long <laughs> to get there. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on to the sound a little bit. For me, my problem with handheld games is that I'm either used to playing them at work or I'm playing them at home. There's something else going on, just kind of chilling. I don't pay too much attention to the sound. But I did listen to a lot of the music in this game, and I, you know, because it's all my favorite characters and stuff. I want to see what was going on. We mentioned before the music is not from the shows, since this is all based on the manga. I found the music pretty forgettable. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, and I think they actually go out of their way to try and make songs that sound like they may belong with the series they're with. For example, the Naruto song, uh, it, it sounds like it could be something from the TV yeah. show. Um, the Dragon Ball song, I don't know what was up with that. It doesn't really sound like anything in particular. I guess uh, I would I say... I totally forgot how it sounds like. Yeah, so. <laughs> see, it's very forgettable. That says something. I say the the menu music and the title screen music is a lot more memorable than any of the actual yes, kind of fighting music. <laughs> just kind of there. Like I said, I'm well, at work playing. I just turn it down. I don't hear it anyways. Well, it's nice and quirky and upbeat, but yeah. you know, it's not something you, you remember later. No. And especially we don't have the voices. We don't even have that to comment on. I mean, that's kind of a good thing, kind of a bad thing. Not sure how I feel about it, since I know it's based on manga. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, usually we can comment on the voice acting games with so many characters. I mean, they've crammed this enough as it is. I think uh, putting any voices in there would really kill it. I think that actually wraps up audio. There's not a whole lot to talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about some more gameplay stuff. Um, new to this game was the whole deal with hanging on to ledges. And I actually think it is so amazingly fitting. I can't believe I played the first game without being able to grab yeah, onto ledges. <laughs> well, that's saved me more times than I can count. Oh, I know. But at the same time, it was much harder to kill most of my opponents. <laughs> that's true. Especially so, with the Dragon Ball characters. <laughs> <laughs> so the way this works is if your character is falling and they're within grabbing range of, say, the floor or a ledge on a wall that you've broken on the upper screen, they can actually grab it if they're close enough and pull themselves back up and save them from death. 
which is great for you, but bad against your opponents. They always seem to be able to just get there in time to grab onto it. And you're like, ah, fuck, I don't have any more life. How am I going to kill them? Yeah, like pretty much 80% of the time they grab onto it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Something I've run into a problem with is if I'm on a ledge, I guess you'd call it a piece of floor that isn't very wide. Maybe it's only like one or two characters long in, in terms of width. If I'm hanging onto the ledge and I pull myself back up, the character will essentially pull themselves up and just flip themselves to hanging on the other side of it. So I had yes, this perpetual like flipping back and forth, hanging from a ledge. I can't get up and jump and hit anyone. What am I? And then I just fall off. Then I, I either get hit or I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> yes, fuck it. Yes, that happens to me too. <laughs> It kind of gets a little obnoxious. I'm not sure if that's my fault or the game's fault, but it annoyed me it's nonetheless. It's the game's fault. <laughs> it's easy it's to blame it on the game. Yes. <laughs> I don't think these are in the game, but something that I remember being in the first game was you could do these combined supers between characters. You could link them up with these uh, special, uh, they're actually words. And, for example, uh, Don Patch and Vegeta would do this like combined final flash attack and then there was also Jotaro and Luffy who do this gigantic fists all over the place attack. Those don't seem to be in this game. Yeah, I don't know if that's just me and I haven't unlocked the rest of the stuff, but that was kind of this noticeable missing thing for me. Uh, they still do have the dream combos, and what that mm. is is on the the bottom of the screen. We haven't actually touched about what you touched. <laughs> Get it? We haven't touched upon the touch screen. What you do is you tap your characters back and forth. Hey, the kitties are fighting in the background. They're doing their own dream combo in the background. <laughs> so, for example, if you're using um, Goku and Luffy for your battle characters, you tap Goku, he'll start doing this kick, and as he's doing that, you tap Luffy, and he'll do his fist attack. Then you tap Goku one more time, and he'll finish off the combo with the Kamehameha. And it takes up a super um, super bar, but it's a really good way to get in a bunch of hits. So the touch screen, um, all your characters are down there. That's where your, I guess you call it your, your manga scene. I don't even know what the proper phrase is, or all your coma are. And you can tap them. Uh, you want to switch out to one character? Okay, hit that character. You want to use your support character? Tap that character. New to this game, though, is you can actually sign the L and R buttons, which were, were they completely unused in the first game? Um, actually, in the first game, I think they're used to block. Oh, all right. In this game, you just hold down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can assign the L and R buttons to uh, pretty much whatever you want. You can assign them to your support characters. One of my favorites is uh, Trunks. The three coma Trunks is one of my favorite support characters. He comes out and he does the, I guess you call it the burning slash. That's what all the current uh, games have been calling it. And you can also assign it to one of your other fighting characters. And so you just hit L, that guy comes out. Uh, I find that I don't even use those all the time. I'm so used to hitting the touch screen from the first game. Anytime I want to switch character he's a support character i just hit the touch screen yeah me too <laughs> um how about the leader system that's uh kind of gameplay related what you do this time is you have to assign a leader to your team kind of a boss character of your team if you will and does it have anything to do other than when your leader dies you lose two points and if you kill your opponent's leader you get two points um, I'm not really sure about that. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's some more to it that has to do with, you know, maybe like the amount of damage you, you're given or whatever. It, it's just one more thing to keep in mind when you're making your deck. You know, you have to balance out all of your characters, but you also have to assign who your leader is. And we also didn't touch upon this, but when you're making your decks, you have to have at least one help character, you have to have at least one support character, and you have to have at least one battle character. So that prevents you from using, like, all these crazy-ass uh, eight cones 
them a battle of characters without you know having to take yeah. up the space to throw some other people in there. They kind of force you to do that, which is a good way to balance out the game. Is there any other gameplay stuff in here? Let's see. I mean, it's for... it's a pretty straightforward Smash Brothers clone, except it's with all these jump characters. Um, how about we talk about how you unlock the characters this time? Yeah, let's get into that. The uh, yeah. the whole evolution thing. Uh, briefly, we should touch upon how you do it in the first game, which was an absolute nightmare. Yes, I hated that. I mean, there was uh, an easy thing you could do, sort of. In the first game, you would unlock characters, except you didn't quite unlock them. You were given those comas, say if it was a three-coma support character. It would be this black-and-white thing where you could see the shadow of two of the parts, and then the third one would be empty. And you would have to go one by one with the one-coma characters from that show and try placing them on the deck into that empty spot. And if it worked, great, you have a new character. But if it didn't work... um. Have fun going through all of those Prince of Tennis characters. Especially in Kanji. <laughs> Figuring <laughs> out randomly, does this one work? No. Does this one work? No. And then you'd have the ones that would have two empty spaces, and you'd have to go through all the combinations of all those characters <laughs> to see if it would randomly unlock it. It was a pain in the ass. I mean, it could be done. Oh, and what was worse, too, is even if you read a guide, um, and since most of them were in Kanji, you can even read it. <laughs> they were like, you know what? We don't know either. Just, just test it. <laughs> no, luckily, you could sort. That's something I do like about uh, both of the games. You can sort by series, you can sort by shape, you can sort by number of coma. So it was helpful. You could just uh, sort it by that series. It would automatically give you all of the possible ones. But that's all out this game. And it's a lot more import friendly, I think. This is the evolution system. And uh, you pretty it's like a store, essentially. As you fight your way through the J-Universe mode, you get these six different colored gems, and you spend those in the evolution mode to... It's like a, a tree. If you're familiar with Super DBZ, it's kind of like that, where you um, gain your abilities going down the... Uh, in, the in that case, it's vertical. You go down to choose which way you want to go. Same thing here, except it's horizontal. So if you start out with um, your four-coma Goku, for example, I think it actually starts out with, like, three or... Let's assume you start out with four. Well, right next to it will be, you know, the number five. It'll be uh, shadowed out with a question mark or whatever. If you have the right amount of gems to spend on that, you just click it and it spends them. And then you have that new one. It'll keep going on and on. Maybe it'll branch up to give you the support versions of those characters. Branch down to give you alternate versions of those characters. It's really easy because we can all read numbers. And we know that higher numbers are good. And you just go that way. Yes. <laughs> Anything else to say about that? I mean, it's just so much easier this time around, and well, you can the good thing see is, stuff. Um, like pretty early in the game, you can pretty much unlock like a six coma Goku. Oh, it is so is really helpful useful. this time around. Yeah, it was really but, hard in the last game to do some of those early stages and not have strong characters. Yeah. Like, right off the bat here, you're working with six and seven coma characters, and it is so helpful. Yeah. I, I almost think it makes it too easy, but having played the last game, I think it's a lot more helpful. Let's talk about the quiz again real quick, <laughs> because it's so awful to try and do this when you don't know Japanese. Um, and I hate spending money and not realizing that I'm buying the quizzes for that show as you're going through that evolution tree. Eventually, um, when you just continue completing everything, the evolution tree, you'll spend things like five or six hundred gems on. It's like a cue for the quiz. You're like, great, I've never heard of this series before. And now I've just spent money on being able to answer questions, which I can't even read anyways, <laughs> and the false hopes of obtaining more gems, which you probably won't because you can't read anything. 
But the quiz mode, really all it is is you get a series of, I think it's 10, 20, and 30 questions. Maybe it goes up to 50. And it gives you a question and tells you what series it's from. Press A, B, Y, or X to pick the answer to it. And randomly pick stuff if you can't read Japanese. And maybe you'll get about 25% of them right by the end. And that's good well, enough to make up your money. Well, I'm playing it right now, and I have not gotten a single one right. <laughs> and I'm on number eight. <laughs> and what's great is that sometimes I think I'll know what they're asking. It'll be a Dragon Ball one, and I'll, I'll recognize names down at the bottom. Of course, it'll be <laughs> nothing like what I actually think it is. I'm always getting them wrong. See, I got two right, and it's a new record here. Nice. <laughs> it's a new record, too? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> I just kept pressing X. <laughs> Let's talk about the Wi-Fi mode a little bit. This right. is new to the game. You can actually fight. Uh, you don't have to be next to the person, which is fantastic. Uh, I was playing earlier today with Evil Gamer X. It was just uh, one-on-one. We had absolutely no lag. It was fantastic. I loved it. Now, we've played with four people before, and all four have been in the U.S., and it's been very, very laggy. Um, wow. In fact, I wouldn't even call it lag. I would just call it occasional stops where it would just stop moving for two to three seconds which uh really throws you off and especially when you're playing against japanese people because remember the game exclusively came out in japan so if you're importing it you have to remember you're pretty much playing mostly against japanese people and um the wi-fi across the globe it ain't so hot now i've played some good wi-fi games before i, uh-huh. I don't think this is one of them and it kind of hurts it. Well, I've only played Wi-Fi maybe two times, and yeah, it lagged both times. Yeah, much. It, it's pretty and harsh. I lost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the worst part. Go ahead. But actually, the good thing about Wi-Fi is, you know, like once... You know, like, once it's over, you get to download your opponent's decks. That's true. Uh, it's really useful. Yeah, because uh, if you haven't unlocked them, do you still get to use them? Actually, no. Actually, for your own decks, no, but... If you're just going to use those downloaded decks, yeah, you can use them. Okay, that's cool then. Yeah, after you get done battling people, it'll um, kind of cycle through all your opponents and the decks they've used, and they say, oh, would you like to use this deck? It saves you the trouble of making it yourself or getting some extra characters. So that's pretty neat. I like that. Of yeah. course, by the time I felt comfortable that I had strong enough characters to battle online, I already had all of them anyways, and if I wanted to, I could just make the decks. I don't think it's worth it playing online unless you've unlocked pretty much everyone, because yeah, pretty much. If, if you're going to fight against someone, chances are they're going to just come at you with seven or eight Koma characters, and they know how to use them. So yes, your wimpy little four-Koma Goku ain't going to do so hot against them. He's slow and he ain't strong. You can throw all the help you want at him, but it's not going to matter. Now, um, we mentioned before the evolution system is very import-friendly. I gotta say, the rest of the game is pretty import-friendly, too. And I'm talking about the name romanizations here. Some of the best romanizations I have ever seen in a Japanese game, especially considering how many series are in here. Goku Hmm. is spelled correctly, just G-O-K-U. Is Frieza spelled correctly? I haven't unlocked him yet. Oh, you haven't unlocked him? Okay. Well, we need to take the time out here for me to load up my Frieza and Boo deck so I can see how they spell them. No! It's spelled with an I. No! Why did they do this? Everything else is so good. 
Yeah, they also did it in Battle Stadium Dawn. <laughs> I know. Boo is spelled with two O's, but I don't have too much of a problem with yeah, that. That's, that's fine with me. <laughs> Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Right. All in all, all the romanizations here are fantastic. Vegeta is spelled the way that we spell it V E G E T A. Um, I never see it spelled consistently in anything ever <laughs> in these games. <laughs> I was shocked when I saw all of these spelled correctly with the, the English letters, I guess you'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, is there anything else we can talk about? I mean, it's kind of a casual review of the game. we got to keep in mind that um, it's import-friendly in that it's a DS game, and anyone in any country can just play it on their DS. And, uh, you know, if you've played Smash Brothers, it's going to be pretty easy to pick up. So all in all, I mean, if, you, if you're familiar with these kind of games, you, you know what to expect by this point. And there's not a whole lot we can go into. Most of it is pretty import-friendly, but actually some of the mission objectives are That's aren't because she's import-friendly as the last games. You know, I actually thought the opposite for this one. I thought it was real easy to hmm. figure out what the missions were, but only after you've played it for a while to kind of get the hang of what they may be. Well, um, because mostly at the first game, and you can... Like, probably beat it if you just, you know, like, try to win all the battles most of the time. Right, but, right. <laughs> but with this game, you know, like, I think there's one mission where you have to use um, that one guy from iShield21. You have to win this battle using his attack, and I had no idea what to do until I read a guide. <laughs> so I was like, what, how could I win? There's another one where I think he used Bobo Bo, and you have to only use yes that the, the down and B or down and Y attack, and you have to hit everyone with it. So there well, are actually, that you can read. Um, right, right. Yeah, you can read at the beginning, you can figure that out. That one. <laughs> um, a very rudimentary knowledge of katakana will also help you because then you'll yes. be able to read things like <laughs> sapoto and you're like okay i have to use support characters and there's the number three so that means hit him three times with a support character or win three times with a support character so once you get the hang of that um things start to make a lot more sense going through the mission mode oh the mission modes um usually there's between three and five things you have to do in each stage but sometimes there's also that SP one, and usually that's some crazy thing where it's like, beat everything, collect everything in 10 seconds. <laughs> and I would randomly get them while playing through the first time, and I'd just have like some amazing match where I'd do everything really quickly and say, oh, that's awesome. And um, those SP ones are how you unlock a lot of the, the better stuff, um, more advanced characters and stages and stuff. After you beat the game for the first time, it'll show you what those SP missions are. When you're first going through the game, it doesn't actually say it. It only tells you after you've actually done it. So that's uh -huh. helpful going through again. Of course, by that point, you're probably using an FAQ anyways. So yeah. <laughs> what's it matter what the game tells you in Japanese? <laughs> for the Dragon Ball fans, I yeah. think in my opinion, like some of the Dragon Ball characters are not as good as the previous game. Yeah, I think so too. I'm not sure why. I do like Frieza, though. Frieza and Boo are new to this game for the first time. Well, I need to unlock those. <laughs> Gotenks felt a little different than he did in the previous one. Yeah. And the good news is for One Piece fans, the One Piece characters are as as about as overpowered in this game <laughs> as they were in the last. I mean, I, I always have the six Komaluffian in my decks. So. I am a Zoro and Sanji whore in this game. Yes. I love my Sanji and his supers. They are so awesome. I haven't actually made my Super Sanji deck like I did in the previous game. <laughs> Where you hook all the chippies up to yeah, him. Yeah, just put all the, uh, oh, put all the chick help comas, and then he's yeah. like, and he's yeah. up X. And uh, Naruto characters are okay, just like the last game. Like, nothing spectacular. Let's go down the list of Dragon Ball characters, because uh, I figure, listening to the show, you're a Dragon Ball fan. So we start off with Son Goku 
And what I like is when you go down the list, even if uh, it's the same character, uh, Vegito is technically an evolution of Goku. But as you go down the list, it'll uh, change his name to Vegito. So we have Goku. He is help and support. He's a battle character with four through eight coma. Then you got Vegeta. He is also a help support and battle character. And he goes up to six as Super Vegeta. And then we got Gohan. This is Gohan from the Cell arc, and he is help support in battle. He goes up to 5 coma as Super Saiyan 2. And then we got Gotenkusu, and let's see, he is help support in battle. And Super Gotenks actually goes up to 5 coma. And we've got Piccolo, same thing, help support battle. He goes up to 5. Who is this here? This is Frieza. Frieza, I only have two of. I have a help and I have a battle of six. I think for some of these, I haven't unlocked everything. Then there's Majin Buu, same thing. He's help and battle, no support there. And then you have a lot of help and support characters. We have Kudadin, we have Trunks, we have Goten, we have Bulma. Who the hell is this? Kaiosama mm-hmm. and Mr. Satan. <laughs> so there's a good bunch of people you can go through in there. Um, I find myself using... Vegito for my overpowered Dragon Ball character, and I sprinkle in Vegeta here and there. I don't really like Piccolo that much for some reason. Hmm. Caster, who, who do you play as for your Dragon Ball characters? Who's your bitch? Let's see, as my Dragon Ball character, I have the Seven Coma Goku. It's um the picture where he's saying goodbye to Boo after he right, talks, right, right. Yeah, before he tosses mm-hmm. the Genki Dama on. Right. It. And I don't have any more Dragon Ball characters in my current deck. <laughs> <laughs> What I went through with all of my decks is I made a lot of uh, individual decks or individual series and then made a couple of combined ones. I have two DBZ decks here. I have Vegito and Super Saiyan 2 Gohan and a whole bunch of support and helps. And then uh, just a kind of generic Goku and Vegeta deck too. Oh, I have my villains deck. I don't know if I said that already. I have uh, Frieza and Boo. You know, I went through looking for a lot more villains, but there aren't a whole lot of villains from other series. So I ended up making a two-coma help Vegeta. I have Shishio from Kenshin as a support character. Uh, I, I threw Sasuke down there because I had one spot to fill. And then um, Hao from Shaman King. That's like the only villains I could come up with to make a villains deck. And they were mostly from Dragon Ball. people I haven't unlocked yet. Unless you have anything else to think of, I have a story I'd like to close out with on this game. All right, do so. All right. Do tell, do tell. So my story is tonight I played my first battle, finally, against Japanese people. (laughs) And I would like to go on record as saying, I officially declare the entire country of Japan a complete bunch of douche pussies. Aw. What they did, this was such a bullshit move. I actually wanted to fight. Apparently in Japan, you don't fight. So I'm fighting all these people, I'm doing all my attacks... All three of them gang up on me. All right, to be expected. I'm American, whatever. All the Japanese are going to gang up on me. I don't, American. I don't really care so much about that. It was actually kind of funny. After I, um, my character was killed, they were all still alive, so the time kept running out. The one dude who was playing as Luffy, he came over, and he's got this attack where he kind of like stomps you with his foot. So my character's dead body was just laying there black and white, and the Luffy guy just kept stomping me over and just like hitting his <laughs> foot on me. Not that it was doing any damage, because I was already dead. It was just kind of like being an ass about it. But the three of them, they didn't attack each other. They just sat there doing nothing. What? I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? Now, they couldn't have all three just been friends, because I was doing just random battles Wi-Fi mode. If they were all friends, I wouldn't have been able to join up with them. I'm like, alright, there's something very strange about this. Maybe they're just fucking with me, because 
Now, I'm some American guy with English letters in his name. What's going on here? And so, because none of those three lost for the entire match and went into sudden death. Everyone falls down and it's the first person to you know, get their hits in wins. The three of them just sit there. No one's hitting each other. What the hell is going on? I realized what was going on when the match ended and all three of them got first place and a win added to their rank. What? The three douches, yes, all just sat there, not fighting, just so they could get another win added to their fucking online ranking. A bunch of crap. That is such bullshit. I want to play the goddamn game. Apparently they don't. So, you know what? Like, fuck Japan. Fuck, yeah, fuck, fuck these them. Japanese players. I'm going to stick with my American otaku friends who just want to beat the shit out of each other. And <laughs> we're going to go over to Japan and, like, beat up children who don't want to fight in the game. So we'll fight in <laughs> real right. life and see what they do. Oh, no. So I thought that was There's bullshit. no way we can lose. <laughs> exactly. One of these days I'm going to be reading about you in a Japanese newspaper, <laughs> and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Crazy American arrested for beating up Japanese school children. <laughs> <laughs> that's my story, and that's why I have to say, stay away from those Japanese fucks. Us Americans, <laughs> we'll punch you back. We know how to uh, do it. We'll throw uh, down with you. So that's it. Okay. That's all I got to say about the game. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so I think that's going to wrap up our review. Like we were saying, it's just kind of a casual review. If you've right. played um, Smash Brothers or Battle Stadium D.O.N. before, you know what to expect with this game. DS games are relatively cheap compared to like their PS2 counterparts. The game was like just under 50 bucks, I think, new. And wait a little bit, you can get it for when it goes to Greatest Hits or whatever. <laughs> right. Pick that up. Um, like we said, uh, import games will play in your DS, no problem. No NTSC PAL shit to worry about. Just the language barrier. You can pick the game up at Play Asia and all that kind of stuff. I'm assuming down the road, Best Buy is going to start carrying this one too. If they're carrying uh, the first game, Jump Superstars and Naruto and all that shit. So keep an eye out for the game. Castor, what do you say? Is this a purchase? Yes, definitely a purchase. Uh, but just be aware of the, the tiny little nigglings <laughs> that we mentioned. So And you'll be okay. I totally recommend the game, though. How about if you own the mm. first game? Is this one still a purchase? Yes, if you own the first game, um, definitely get the second because you want more. <laughs> <laughs> there's enough more stuff that it warrants Yeah, there's it. a lot. A lot you know, once I play through the first one. <laughs> right. I'm going to say the same thing. I think even though it has a couple downfalls, the lag is really obnoxious. It's not enough to prevent you from really enjoying the game. And multiplayer yeah. is an absolute blast, especially local, not against those Japanese fucks. Play it at a convention, get a bunch of people together. Super, super fun playing this together and beating the shit out of people. And if <laughs> Hell, you're a fan of... AWA? Yeah, hells yeah. yeah, yeah Are you going this year? You have to I go this year. So. I hope so I can go. <laughs> nice. So definitely pick it up. Uh, if you're a fan of any of these, you have to be. You're listening to a Dragon Ball podcast. There's enough Dragon Ball characters in here. And we know we have a lot of crossover with other series fans, too. Uh, yeah. we, we got the resident One Piece gigantic crossover Dragon Ball fan with us right now. So that kind of makes sense. <laughs> so I say purchase it. That's going to wrap up the review. Technically, we're going to cut back to Julian, myself, and Mary recording the rest of the show at a different time. So we got to say our goodbyes to you right now, Caster. Okay, then. You have stuff to plug, because I know coming up this year at AWA, there's another project premiering. Yes, there is. What's going on? Tell us about it. Well, um, about two years ago, we aired 
the last of the video game AMV projects called Video Game Project 3. And after two years, I am be proud to announce that we are doing a Video Game Project 4. And I guarantee there will be Dragon Ball-related things in the project. Nice! And it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and, well, you know, like personally for myself. So. <laughs> Very so, cool. So, yeah, just look out for it. Very nice. Is there anything else going on that you have? I mean, um, I know between that and playing video games, that's pretty much all of your time. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Good stuff. So uh, right. definitely check out the video game project at AWA this year. Is this going to be the last one? Um, or is that we'll kind see. of... All right, all right, that makes sense. We'll, we'll see. see. That's a safe safe answer. Yeah. All right, thanks, dude, for hanging out. And all right, thanks for Appreciate talking me. about the game, and yeah, we will certainly talk to you again in the near future. All right, awesome. Take it easy, man. All right, you too. <laughs> It's time for releases with the Daisen X because we are on top of things. At least we are this week. <laughs> Julian. Yeah. I gotta give it to you. February 2nd. What's on? All right. This would be the release of Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyajin slash Frieza Arc Volume 2 of the famously redundantly redundant Animanga. Wait, In no. Japan. Boo. Boo. Hiss. They're 710 yen apiece. And That's it's continuing. But just buy the manga because, I mean, come on. You know, if, if you want screenshots of the anime, just, you know, watch take the them. anime and take screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, Mary, I was wrong earlier. This is coming out on the 6th, not the 8th. What is out on the 6th? It's the big one. It's the one we've all been talking about. It's yes, Dragon yeah. Ball Z Vegeta Sanga Season 1 DVD box set. Remastered DBZ now with more, less screen. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, $49.98 retail, a lot cheaper everywhere else if you do some research. We pre-ordered it on Amazon for uh, 30 and I think some other people got it even cheaper on things like CD Universe and other places. And I believe Best Buy is selling it for $35 in-store. Here's my logic. If you're getting less video screen, I should pay less for the product. Exactly. So I'm going to find the lowest price possible well, for this I already raging it. sack of crap. I already ordered it, though. I know. You still want to find the lowest price? Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, it's not that I'm cheap, but I don't want to pay full retail price for a shoddy... Uh, it's not shoddy for what it is. It's shoddy for what it's leaving out. I getcha. Uh. Well, that leaves February 7th coming out. More DVD stuff. The good stuff, though. Dragon Ball Z DVD volumes 46, 47, 48, and 49 in Japan, the Region 2 releases. These are the individual discs based off of the Dragon Box. This is the end of the series, all the way up through 291. These are 3,990 yen a pop, a little bit cheaper when you order them online, but then the shipping cancels that out, so whatevs. The series is over as of February 7th. Good stuff. But then they're taking a month off, and in April they're starting up the original Dragon Ball. And these are the proper 4x3 releases. Except they're, you know, completely in Japanese because Japanese people don't speak English and they don't need a dub. They don't need English subtitles. But they're pretty and they're great. And that pretty much wraps up what we know about February. Uh, the DS game got pushed back in the U.S. Oh, wait, that's a Japanese release. <laughs> February 8th. I forgot about things come out in Japan, too. So I pre-ordered this one. February 8th, Julian. Yep, Dragon Ball Z. Haruka Naru Goku Densetsu. The new DBZ RPG, which is card-based uh, for the Nintendo DS. Uh, there's no word on the American release date specifically, I believe, right? Right. We just know spring. Um, but it's uh, 48.90 at Play Asia. Good stuff. If hey. you don't mind the Japanese. Right. I don't. I'll probably end up buying both. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, as far as we know, that is it for February. And that means we're going to move it on over into the emails. Okay. Mary, our first email comes to us from yet another fantastic New Jerseyan. Old Bridge. Is that the what pro- up? Is that the proper way to say it, New Jerseyan? You know what? I'm from New Jersey. Well, not New from Jersey-er. New Jersey. New Jerseyan, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think I got it right. <sighs> you people from New Jersey, you know. You know? Mary, what's Rick got to say? Rick says, hey, it's the guy from the forum who says stuff, Mr. Piccolo. Seeing how this podcast might be the long-awaited jump review, I have a few jump-related questions. Yeah, we actually took two questions. We broke our rule, but it's okay. Go ahead. One, from the perspective of someone who doesn't know much about manga, or better yet, from someone that dislikes manga, could this still be an enjoyable game? And number two, if someone didn't have the means to play it, would it honestly be worth buying the router, game, etc.? Alright. I don't know how you could dislike manga. It's fantastic. And most of the time it's better than the TV series. Yeah. It's a lot more convenient than watching anime. You just plop with a manga on the couch, drink some cocoa. <laughs> Alright, from the perspective of someone who doesn't know much about the manga, um, since the manga and the TV series stories are essentially the same, it's just the characters. I don't really see how that affects um, how you may enjoy the game. So I really don't know what to say to that, other than you'll be fine. If someone didn't have the means to play it, um, well, I'm assuming you mean you have a DS, but you're talking about the Wi-Fi stuff, would it be worth buying the router and all that other stuff? Um, If you don't have a DS, don't buy a DS just for this game. Buy a DS for the amazing library that is available for the DS and then also happen to pick up this game. If you do have a DS, um, I think I would really suggest picking up this game, especially if you are a fan of more than just Dragon Ball. If there's even one other series in this game that you're a fan of, definitely pick it up. Uh, if you want to play online, well, you heard my little story at the end about uh, playing online. Um, don't bother. It's really not that enjoyable playing against the Japanese. I would really suggest playing um, local multiplayer against people. And hopefully they all have their own cards because the single card play kind of sucks. So that's, uh, I think that's going to be that. And you would have heard the review, so you know what else we have to say about it. So let's move it on to the next email. Julian, I won't even attempt to pronounce this name. Well, I'm not sure I'll get it right either, but... <laughs> well, that's why I gave it to you. Um, Gaurav or something similar. Uh, so he, or, or she, I'm not sure which, says... <laughs> Uh, I just started hearing your podcasts, and I think they're great. In Super DBZ, in the city stage, whenever I break the phone booth, a guy comes out flying like Superman on a skateboard, and I also saw him in a Beckett magazine. Who is he? <laughs> well, I have him ans- right in front of me. Oh, yes. Well, it's a Dr. Slump character. Right. Who happens to be named Kuraku Kenta in his civilian form, but he has a secret identity. <laughs> Uh, who is Superman. <laughs> and there's a pun in this, but if you want to explain it, Mike, go ahead. Sure. I, you know what? I'm just going to read from uh, the Viz translation here because it's funny. And I was reading it earlier and I made Mary laugh, so I think I'll just do it. I am Superman from the planet Okaka Umeboshi in the depths of space. I come to defend peace on Earth. You should thank me. However, let's be honest. I'm handsome. Yet should something happen... It wouldn't do for me to be surrounded by my female admirers, so I dress casual. I will be vigilant day and night, always on the lookout, until there is truly peace. So uh, what he does here is he runs into a phone booth, except I believe it's Akane that's in there, and she kicks his ass right out of there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the way they translate it, I eat pickled plums and become Superman. 
Umeboshi are pretty pretty strong pickled. Um, I think they're technically Japanese apricots, but people call them plums. Right. They're really sour and they're kind of an acquired taste. Right. So he's kind of a, a short, stocky guy, and when he becomes Superman, um, he obviously isn't going to be able to fly. So he comes across this little kid on the skateboard. He says, "Hey, that's perfect, kid. Give me your skateboard." And he kicks him off of it, and he kind of like falls belly first on it and goes flying on the skateboard along the ground. And that's how he flies. Yes. Needless to say, he's kind of a weakling. Yeah, but, he's, um, he's he's the Mr. Satan of the Doctor Slump universe. Yes, that's a good him, way to describe it. Him and what is it? The 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 like the fly or bee guy. Right. What's his name? I don't remember off the top of my head. So, in a nutshell, he's just a. <clears throat> Well, I guess everyone, Dr. Slump, is a comic relief character. <laughs> but he's a comic relief side character in Dr. Slump. And because that's all Toriyama stuff, it was just a nice little uh, nod to the series there that they put in Super DBZ. Yet another reason why Super DBZ is perhaps the greatest Dragon Ball Z game ever produced on this and other planets. And we're going to move on to the next email. <laughs> this one comes to us from Maurice. I've been a long-time fan of the Dragon Ball series, but unlike you, probably, I started out with the dub on television. Now we've seen both versions of the series and love them both. I am perfectly aware that you guys are not fond of the dub versions, and for obvious reasons, but I never hear you guys talking about the dub score done by Bruce Falconer. I prefer the dub music over the subversion because I'm very used to it. It would be something if you guys actually have the nerve to use the dub audio in just one of your shows and maybe discuss it. I know this is a long shot, but hey, you cover all in all Dragon Ball, right? Don't get me wrong, I do like the Japanese score, and I know that is what you're using for the background music on the show. I'm sure you don't get this sort of email for every podcast, wink. Gray, keep up the excellent work on the podcast, listen to every one of them once they come out. Well, let's actually talk about what we do use for music on the show. I consider what we have three different types of music. We have our, uh, the opening to the show is kind of its own little thing, and that's the recap music from the Japanese version, the Hedgehog um, recap music. And then we have all the bumper music for all the sections in the show. And then we have the ending theme. So I consider those three different types of things. I already explained what the beginning is. The ending, I rotate through various endings to as much stuff as possible. And I haven't repeated anything yet since episode one. I'm starting to run out of stuff. So I'm looking all <laughs> over the place. I'm like, oh my god, what else can I use that's an ending theme? But I think I got at least another couple months in me before oh. I panic and can't find anything else. And then there's all the stuff in the middle of the show. Believe it or not, here's a little secret for you all. It's all from old Dragon Ball video games. Yes. <laughs> so it's not really exclusive to, say, the Japanese version, or it's not excluding the dub. It's just old video game stuff that never came to the U.S., and I thought sounded really appropriate for uh, bumper music Bumper music in their respective sections. It's short and punchy. There's one from Legends. There's one from Ultimate Battle 22. There's one unused piece of music <laughs> that was never used in the game that's on one of the soundtracks. And there's a couple other ones. Uh, when we were doing ABCs and Top 5 lists, those were actually pieces from the Japanese score. I think they were from movies. So that explains what all that is. So why do we never really talk about the dub music in Bruce Falconer's score? Um, well, first and most foremost reason being we don't like it. It's very difficult to talk about things you don't like. And also things you don't know. I mean, we've watched maybe three quarters of the dub I'd right. say, like, we, we didn't really watch much of the Boo stuff at all. No, and I know I was very casual through the Cell arc. I think you watched it a little closer I, I got than the I tapes, did. and I, I watched uh, what I didn't buy on TV, I think. But also remember that this was when it was on TV, and we watched it once. 
Right. So, yeah, not having seen all the dub and only seeing most of it once, we're not exactly experts in the field of the music, so we can just say we don't like it and be done with it. Right. We didn't Limited see, experience. didn't really see the Boo Saga. I've seen enough of GT to never want to watch it again, their dub version. <laughs> and then the original Dragon Ball used the original Japanese music, but I didn't really watch much of that dub either. So I can say... First two seasons, the original productions, I know that background music like the back of my hand, and I have feelings for that. Falconer stuff, I know the season three stuff, and it makes me want to vomit. And from there on out, I do know enough of it. I have watched enough, and I have re-seen enough of it that I feel I can talk about it if I have to talk about it. But I don't enjoy it, and I think if we were going to talk about it, like right now, it's just so negative that who wants to really listen to us? Yeah, who wants to hear us bitching about bitch it? Bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch. We could be talking about things we enjoy. And I think it's much more fun to listen to people talk about things they enjoy and are excited about than it is to just hear, gobble, 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 I hate Chris Falconer. <laughs> yeah, because they were just coming off as like old people that hate everything, and we don't hate everything. No. So I mean, to me, it's just not Dragon Ball, and I don't really have any interest in that. When you really look at a global scale, the commonly accepted version of the show is the Japanese version. Right, most other countries got the original music, so I think we're in the minority, and I guess the UK, one of their random versions. Mm. Oh, with their Mega Man music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Italy got some really weird music, too. Yeah, well, they had some really awesome opening themes. I love What's My Destiny. I think that's such an awesome song, even if it was changed. It at least felt like Dragon Ball. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, I mean, it seems like Funimation is really big and really important, but in the grand scheme of things, they're just another dub in the world and we're a very global podcast you wouldn't believe where we get some listeners from especially visits to the website too and if we're going to appeal to all these people you know global versions japanese versions what we know and love it's what we're going to talk about it's what you're going to hear and the main reason i think um i'm switching gears a little bit we yeah. don't actually use the dub music in the show is because we don't want to get sued in case anyone's like you know it's, it's easy to play stuff from the it. japanese version um no one can really say anything to us <laughs> but um yeah the it, falconer music's on like cd and stuff and you know, god forbid anyone's listening to this from, yeah. so from that I'm gonna, camp. I'm going to play the card of I just don't want to get into anything with Funimation because they actually have some money now that they can hire lawyers with and I'm just some dude with a job and a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in a nutshell, you're not going to hear much dub music. We don't like it. And uh, Julian, why don't you take this last one here from Xander? Uh, hey Mike, Mary, and perhaps Julian. I've listened to the majority of your podcasts. I am also a member of the Daisenshu EX forums as Thanos. Anyway, I've been a fan of Dragon Ball since I was about 10 years old, from around the year 2000. Wow, I feel old as <laughs> shit. Yeah, me too. Um, I've been watching the dub and playing the video games with English voices, and from hearing your podcasts and talking to people, I feel as though I've missed out on the true Dragon Ball experience by following the dub. Can you guys recommend a place where I can acquire the original DB, DBZ, DBGT episode subtitle on DVD? I can't import anything from websites because I'm only 16 without a credit card, and my parents won't help me. So, do you guys have any suggestions? I, I don't want to knock you, but this is it astounds me that sometimes people aren't sure where they can get the Japanese version of the show. Well, keep in mind, he doesn't say where he's from. That's true. So he could very possibly be from outside the U.S. Now, if you're in the U.S., just go buy Funimation DVD. Japanese version's on there. Since Funimation began putting stuff out on their own, on especially on DVD since 2000-esque, yeah. they have always included the original Japanese uncut version on their DVDs. With the exception of they did put out some edited versions of movies, and the edited versions didn't have the Japanese version. But they even phased those out, because, why isn't no one buying these? I don't know. So just pick up a Funimation thing. Now, if you're outside the U.S., all of Funimation's DVDs are regions 1, 2, and 4, 
Region 1 is North America. Region 2 is actually Japan and the majority of Europe. And Region 4 mostly covers Australia, if I remember correctly. So, it's probably easiest to import the stuff um, from various retailers if you're in those countries. But you said, you know, you're 16, no credit card, can't import. I don't know if you're out of the U.S. what kind of stores you can go to to pick up this stuff. Uh, I know in Australia, Madman did release the majority of the series on DVD already. A lot of those, unfortunately, did not contain the Japanese audio track. I know there's a lot of stuff they put out before even Funimation put it out on DVD. Uh, for example, the Great Man discs. Uh, Australia got those before we did, but because we didn't have them, there's no Japanese version to put on. Real confusing situation. But now Madman says they're putting out um, all this remastered stuff from Funimation, which means you're going to get the Japanese version there. So in the nutshell, if you're in the U.S., run down to a video store, pick up a DVD, Japanese version's on there. If you're outside the U.S., um, find a friend with a credit card. More or less, that's, that's the route to go. It, it helps to pay them back, because then they'll buy you more stuff. But, um... You know, if you have to steal their credit card, maybe do a little phishing scheme online, get some people's PIN numbers, you'll be all set. I'll Mm. sell you you some list of email addresses for about 200 bucks. Let me know. No, I'm kidding. Mike's really not a slimeball, I swear. No, I wouldn't do that. I'm not not evil much. Seriously, send me an email. I want your money. (laughs) (laughs) You too. (laughs) That's going to wrap up our emails for the week. If you want to send us any questions or comments, always oh so simple. You're in front of your computer. All right. Podcast. At DiZX.com. Mary, how do you spell that word podcast? P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Fantastico. Then you hold shift, and then you hit two. That's the at symbol. Julian, DiZX.com. D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. And uh, if you're at the website, you can just click that contact link over on the left-hand side, and that'll bring up all that info for you. Send us questions. We'll answer them. I think that's going to wrap up the episode this week. Julian. Yeah. We got stuss. I dead. Talk to to combine words. We have things to discuss. You going to be around next week? That I will be. All right, fantastic. Jeff is going to be joining us next week. We're going to start a new recurring segment, and I think uh, we're going to have a ton of fun with it, and I really think everyone's going to enjoy hearing this too. So look forward to that. Uh, Upcoming episodes, we have um, that topic already set for next week. We're definitely going to be doing a full-on review of the remastered DBZ box sets. You're probably sick of hearing about it by now, but... Um, It'll all be over soon, don't worry. <laughs> if you don't like it, you don't have to hear it. But I, I want to have it in myself before I can really talk about it. I know a lot of people get it early, but I want to be holding it in my hands and actually watch it. And uh, hopefully we can bring someone else on that episode to talk with us about their experiences with it. And I have another episode planned, which is based off of someone's email. And it regards a character's voice and the changes in that voice. So look forward to that. We've got lots of other stuff planned, too. So we are uh, good to go. So All let's right. get rid of everyone here. Mary. Yes. Uh, refreshing our shipment details. Yeah. Uh, obsessively. Yeah. It's in Newark right now, except for one box. One box got left behind in Secaucus. Anyway, what can I do for you? Uh, you can leave. Okay, I can do that. Wait, how can oh. I leave in my own house? Um, go play with the kitties. Okay. Kitties! Mary, where can you be found online, other than on this very fine podcast you're listening right, to guess, right now? I guess I'm like an unofficial uh, Dyson X-related person. Would you, would you like to be affiliates with me? No. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm a member. A member? <laughs> I should say a member. I'm the only person over at Temple O Trunks, the website. A Trunks fan. So- uh, yeah. What? A tr- <laughs> I gotta start over. It's I'm early in the morning. We're tired. 
I run Temple of Trunks, the website, a Trunks uh, fan site, and that can be found at www.templeotrunks.com. While we're mentioning it, I want to put something out there. When did you begin Temple of Trunks? I started Temple of Trunks, I think, March of 1998. Okay, and now mm. it's 2007. Right. So I'm going to be coming up on my nine fucking year anniversary. Damn. Right. Oh, wait. Is it January? Yeah, it's January. Yeah. So, oh, my God. Oh, our sites are another year old now. Yay. Happy Yay. birthday. I hate it when I forget about that. Yeah, we both started in January-esque of 1998 with our site. So, so now, we're nine years old now. Technically, I started my site in the summer, but it wasn't Temple of Trunks at that point. It was just me farting around with like right, right. learning HTML. So I guess I shouldn't count that. But totally. you were definitely January oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1998. Totally unrelated to where I was going with this, though. I just wanted to say, you know, you began it almost 10 years ago. You're a grown-up now. Some of the stuff on the site doesn't necessarily mean you're like a Trunks teeny oh, bopper right. guess, running around. I guess I have a story. Can right, I tell the story? Yeah, go ahead and tell your story. Okay. I told a story earlier at Jump Ultimate Stars. This is kind of weird telling a story. We need on one it. of yours. Okay. It's yeah. Like your own little mini you know, fandom theater. Nothing ever happens to me. So this is, <laughs> right. this is kind of exciting. I got an email from someone, which is actually quite rare nowadays. <laughs> I don't get many site visitors, but that's okay. I like my site to exist because it is years of my, my teen years. You right. know, all that work. I, I just want it online still, even if I don't update it as much. Right. So I got an email from someone saying they like the site, but they think they're a bigger trunks fan than me okay they probably are <laughs> right. uh, good for you good and they, they were mad because my site had too much trunks slash pan stuff which i really don't think i do except for in the doujinchi section and even it, then it's just um books that i happen to really? buy and i happen what? to translate it it's not a reflection of my own personal stance on the gt trunks romance situation I didn't even know you had a doujinshi section. Yeah, I do. I I actually, back when I was in Uh, college taking Japanese, I translated a bunch of uh, pages myself. Yeah, they were pretty good. Maybe a little too literal. They're a bit too literal, I think. But very Um, fun. I think you did a good job back then. Thanks. I I would not be able to do that nowadays. (laughs) Now Um, we just give it to Julian and be like, monkey work. (laughs) In any case, this person thinks I had too much trunks and pan stuff. And I'm like, okay, I, I... Maybe, but it's certainly not my personal viewpoint. If I just happen to have more of that content, it's certainly not intentional. I love it when you get these emails are like, I'm a bigger Trunks fan than you. Why don't you update? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I just think the proper response to this is... I'm 26. Bitches, I'm 26. Go away. <laughs> like, I'll keep the site up there, but I'm no longer, you know, the Trunks teeny bopper I once was. You're not running down to Suncoast to pick up the latest, like... Bubba Trunks. Bubba Trunks? <laughs> Some ghosts didn't sell Bubba Trunks. Well, that was the flea market. Whatever. Um, and then they said, your trunk, <laughs> your trunks. They said, uh, your site needs more trunks and Marin stuff because they're the better couple. I'm thinking, okay, I don't recall those two even ever talking. Ever. <laughs> for shipping. Even in like GT. I, I don't oh, get dear. shipping at all. Oh, I just deleted the email. I don't even know these terms. <laughs> yeah, it's a very fandomy, girly thing. I, I don't I don't know oh, this, this slash. It's like pairings and, and whatnot. Shipping. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't get it either. I thought Julian was talking about something completely different. Like he was looking at our shipping status on a computer. It was like, yay, their computer shipped. I had no idea. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not right. literal shipping, uh, so so that's my story. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate the story. Relationship. Remember, and... kids, we're getting old. Yeah. And, and then there's us two uh, old cranky guys over here, Julian and myself. Julian, yep. where can you find us online? You can find us at the Dyson Shoei X Retirement Home <laughs> at www.dazex.com. That's dazex.com. Nurse! 
Nurse! <laughs> I put my pants. <laughs> if this is smelly, smelly, someone. Oh, I'm getting dizzy. That's right. You can find us there. Check out all the various things we have. I forgot how much stuff we have over there. Sometimes people say, oh, I just went to your site for the first time. There's so much stuff. I'm like, is there really? Then I go and I start looking and it frightens me. It's like, Mary, this is years and years and years and years of work that's up there. Right. I, I kind of do the same thing where occasionally I'll look at some of my sections, like, case in point, the doujinshi section. Right. I'm like, oh, my God. First, I had to spend the money on this stuff. <laughs> then I spent hours translating it. Then I scanned it. Well, I guess I scanned it first and then translated it. In any case, it's a lot of work and, you know, it's kind of hard to part with the stuff. Yep. So I just keep it online. So thanks, folks. Check out the Temple O'Chunks and the Daizenshu EX with the Mary and the Julian and yep. the Mike Labrie, the Jito EX, and I've been dreaming late at night in darkness in the land of lost monsters. <laughs> I want to go there. Daizenshu EX Podcast. Julian, give me a little something, something. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Caster's still alive. Give me something, something. Yo, I got the Jump Ultimate Stars manual right in front of me. And can you read it? Um, jump Ultimate Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I am so saving this. <laughs>